Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. As we start to head towards summer, like many of you, I am drawn to the beaches of Lake Michigan to take in the beautiful scenery and enjoy a nice refreshing swim. One of the most popular destinations for beachgoers is the warm sandy beach near the channel. The same holds true for residents 120 years ago. It was at this location that a beach park was built quite like any other today. Today we look at the spectacle that was once called the Playground of Michigan, Lake Michigan Park. Lake Michigan Park got its start in 1890 partially as a way for the street railway company to drive business in the summertime. They had purchased a chunk of land around 40 acres near the beach and connected the streetcar line to it with the intention to create a summer resort area. A meeting of the directors of the Muskegon Railway Company came up with the name for the park as Lake Michigan Park. The original Lake Michigan Park has a small pavilion and a restaurant slash lunch counter with a changing area and swimming area. Customers would arrive to the park on the streetcar, exit and grab a bite to eat, then go for a swim and hopefully enjoy the beach and the dunes area. All this was owned by the railway company. The area would attract many visitors and was quickly a success. The cool lake breezes and shaded picnic groves proved to be a perfect escape from the warm, stuffy, unair-conditioned homes of the time. The park in a typical year opened on Memorial Day and was open until the day following Labor Day, with the holidays being a big draw for them, a schedule we are familiar with today for summer attractions in Michigan. One of the first main changes that occurred at the park was the expansion of the pavilion in 1894, then the addition of a theater in 1897. Being so close to the Actors Colony in Bluffton, the park was a destination for many of the vacationing vaudevillian performers and they treated the crowds usually by performing in the theater for two to three weeks out of the summer months. The theater would also host plays and bands with a standing date of Sundays for the orchestra. In 1906, it was remodeled to add a larger stage. In later years, movies were a popular venue to see here, with Sundays being movie nights in particular. 1903 saw another large construction project, with a much larger pavilion being built to accommodate visitors and services. If you have seen pictures of the park, this is probably the structure you have seen. This new pavilion expanded the restaurant with more seating to serve guests, had a large dance floor, and also pool tables and a bowling alley. So you can imagine how easy it was to spend the entire day there. To accommodate for this, there were tent camping spots and small cabins available on site. 1907 saw the addition of a large wooden roller coaster by the lake, offering riders a great elevated view of Lake Michigan and the surrounding area. Other attractions included at the park were a 100-foot-tall Ferris wheel, a miniature train that went along the beach, and a merry-go-round which, according to the paper, had 1,600 lights of varying colors on it. A skating ring would be added to the park in later years as that activity became more popular. One of the interesting tidbits I found about the skating was that they held a ladies' night on Thursday nights to teach women who didn't know how to do it how to skate, and in a way that wouldn't be embarrassing or make them afraid to try it out. Other activities that you could find at the park were baseball games being played between different companies or industries at the grass field, swings at the beach, a fixture of parks today, and slides and diving boards in and near the water. Daily entertainment could also be quite varied, with times when ascension balloons were on display, parachutists, flyovers by the newest invention airplanes, boat races, and even foot races. Speakers were a common occurrence at the park, with noted temperance leader Carrie Nation stopping to speak at the park in 1902. 
Even in the winter, the park was a destination being advertised in the paper as a location for sledding and skiing and worth the ride in a trolley to see the massive icebergs on Lake Michigan. The highlight of the entertainment, though, had to be on the 4th of July when Lake Michigan Park was packed to capacity. In 1916, the park expected some 15,000 visitors to join in the activities such as the pie-eating contest and the fastest 100-yard sprinter, but to also watch the fireworks display hosted by the park. Not all of these busy days were good for the park, though. On the 4th of July for 1911, the park got into hot water, and I don't mean the lake. On that particular 4th, the handle and knobs for the water pumps were missing. It is unclear if this was intentional or not, but it does seem to lean towards the intentional side because when it was brought to the park's staff attention, they mentioned that a glass of water could be purchased from the restaurant for a nickel. This outraged Muskegon residents who had always gotten it for free from the park's pumps. To put it into context, a nickel would be about $1.40 today, so pretty close to what we might spend for a bottle of water. However, this was 1915, and purchasing water was not a common thing. At a city council meeting, the public and councillors unloaded, calling the treatment barbarous and an outrage on the city. The bathroom conditions were also cited as being terrible, something that an inspector was sent to check. There was also talk of picketing in front of the park to block entrance to it. I didn't see official word, but it seems the park directors remedied the problems, and I didn't see it come up again. With all the fun and excitement, the park attracted attention from around the state, and it's easy to see why. Who wouldn't want to spend the day at the beach riding a roller coaster or having a picnic? The park was a destination for various groups and organizations from around the state, such as the Grand Rapids Knights of Columbus, the Michigan Chair Factory Men, church picnics, socialist rallies, and even for charity balls. All of these groups were brought to the park by the rail line which owned it. However, this was also a problem. As the years went by and automobiles became more popular, less and less were using the streetcar to reach the park, which meant a hit to the profits. Usually when guests bought a streetcar ticket, it was their ticket to the park. Without these sales and an economic downturn, the park struggled. After changing ownership a few times in the 1920s, the park would close down in October of 1929 and the structures were turned down in 1930. Sadly, while this beachside escape is gone, the nice warm sandy beaches still remain and are a destination for residents and tourists alike. Also, there has been some growth of business down on the beach in recent years, so who knows, maybe we will see a roller coaster at the beach again sometime. Thank you for listening, and join us again in two weeks for our next episode.